Hi, it's Casey. Happy you're here to shine on today. You're going to meet two remarkable women who are working to help other women here in the U.S. and around the world. And each of them have a big day on May 21st. Listen in today and you'll hear things that are surprising and alarming, and you will have the chance to help change the world. And that is the goal of the Barbara E. Giordano Foundation. This nonprofit in Westchester has been changing women's lives with programs and services for over 20 years. Now they've found their niche in serving women veterans. How can you help? Well, you can join us for a big walk on May 21st. And you can pick up this adorable children's book featuring a friendly pug dog. It's called Meet Duffy T. McGraw. Will you be my friend? Get this for the kids and the students in your life. Educator Virginia Giordano at the helm of the Barbara E. Giordano Foundation, the nonprofit she named for her sister, wrote the book. Well, you know, this is the first time I'm actually writing a children's book, but this has been in my mind for quite a while. I wanted to write it because I think that children should learn at a very young age that we can all be friends, that we're all the same and that we can enjoy each other and that we're all special, you know, in our own ways. And so that's kind of the message of that first Duffy book is that as he travels through his new neighborhood, he meets different animals and they immediately say to him, I don't think I can be your friend because we're different. And he points out really how they are similar. And so it's really, I think, a very beautiful story. And I think children are very open to that. And I'm excited to say that the book now is coming out in hardcover and it's going to include a Spanish edition also. So it's particularly good for children who speak Spanish, but it's also good for children who are bilingual or who want to learn another language. Actually, every book after this, I'm not actually on book three now, will be in English and Spanish in one book. Oh, how sweet. So Duffy T. McGraw, who, by the way, is a beautiful pug dog, makes friends with pigs and ants and a snake and uh, all sorts of creatures out in the wild. And it really is a sweet book. And it's also a learning tool because in the back you've got some questions, right? Well, that's the teacher in me. I think it's it's not just about reading the book, but what is the message of it and how we can engage children in conversation and, and in thinking and, and creativity. And it kind of spurs them on to maybe draw or write themselves for themselves. So it's really multi-purpose. There was a lot that went into it. It's a simple book, but the fact is that they are in my mind, to be used in many different ways. And let's give a cheer to Lisa Brennan, who did the illustrations, and they are beautiful. She's pretty phenomenal, I have to say. Now, not only is this just a great book to get and share with your students or with the children you love, but proceeds from this book benefit the Giordano Foundation. Tell us about that. That's absolutely correct. You know, it keeps with the spirit of what the foundation is about, which is acceptance and support and love and appreciation for each other. And so the foundation, which is 21 years old, which is hard to believe, has been a women's organization for the entire time. But in this last year, the board has decided that we really wanted to expand our outreach and to make better use of all of our resources, which we have been using successfully for these first two decades. And so we are focusing on women veterans and their families. So we are, we have spent this last year really talking to many women veterans and about what their needs are, what their unique needs are and what we can do to help them. So the walk that we are holding actually on um, Sunday, May 21st at Pace University is specifically for women veterans. It's called the first walk for annual walk for women veterans. 
and we would love people to come out and to support the women veterans. Everything that we raise goes toward um, underwriting the cost of programs for women veterans and their families. So there is no cost to the women at all. So that's May 21st. We're going to have a walkathon. It's going to support the Giordano Foundation, which helps female veterans. And which which campus is this now? This is the Pleasantville campus. Okay. So it's really easy to get to. It's off of the Taconic. It's it's easy to get to from the uh, Sprain Brook. It's easy to get to from the um, uh, from the sawmill. So it's a great great location. Parking is right there. Registration is free. Um, so you can just come and just you know have a great time and uh, and support these women. All right. Well, I will be there for sure, and I invite everyone who's listening to put on their sneakers and join us there. That would be fabulous. Do you know, in the next couple of years, that twenty percent of our military will be all women, and yet they are not recognized for the contributions that they've made since the American Revolution. Uh, They've been women in the military. And I think it's really important not only to support them in the sense of providing the resources so that we can give them the programs that they need and what they're asking for, but also to educate the public about what they contribute and how much that they've contributed. There are more women veterans who are homeless and unemployed than there are men veterans who are homeless and unemployed. And that really is inexcusable in our country. It is inexcusable. There are more homeless female veterans than there are homeless male veterans. And part of the problem is the women, they're the ones that keep it all together and they don't reach out for help. That's exactly right. And most of the women, of course, are mothers also. So the fact is that they come home and they're last on the list in terms of taking care of their own needs. So they're trying to keep their marriage together. They're trying to take care of their children. They're trying to to get a job. And so two of the areas that the Giordano Foundation is specifically looking to address and that nobody else seems to be addressing, as far as we know, is support for them in terms of getting child care and also employment employment that means that they can actually support their children because the divorce rate also is very high among veterans. Help women veterans in Westchester and beyond. Visit the Barbara E. Giordano Foundation at GiordanoFoundation.org. Virginia Giordano is the executive director. Learn more and sign up for the walk in Pleasantville May 21st. Walk with me and pick up the book Meet Duffy T. McGraw, a great teaching tool too. Hi, it's Casey. We are shining on today, and I hope to see you May 7th at the Shine On Spring Expo at Mount Carmel Hall in Verplank, just south of Peekskill, 10 to 4. Vendors and lunch and healers, too. Come do your Mother's Day shopping. Get details at CaseyRadio.com. And I want to see you June 11th. We're having a Shine On Retreat Day in Cold Spring. That's going to be fun. More on that next week. Well, we mentioned May 21st is the day of the walk for the women veterans in Pleasantville. It's also end fistula day around the world. Angela McCabe is from the Freedom from Fistula Foundation. It's right across the street from the United Nations in the city. If you give her your attention, you're going to learn some startling things. And you're going to find out how you can help. Where do we begin, Angela? Well, we are a non-profit organization that provides maternal health care to expectant mothers and surgery to those who have obstetric fistulas. And we're predominantly located in Kenya, Malawi, 
Sierra Leone and Madagascar. A fistula occurs when women and girls are subject to prolonged and obstructed labour during childbirth. Now this can be a lot as long as three to five days in some cases. And actually a fistula is a hole. It's a hole between the birth canal and bladder or rectum. So not only do these women frequently lose their babies, but without access to timely, high quality medical treatment, they're also left leaking urine, feces or both. And often leads to chronic medical problems as well as depression, social isolation and obviously poverty. These women are actually like the modern day lepers. They're completely turned away from their husbands because of the smell and because they're not productive members of that community or tribe. So they're they're literally outcast from the whole community and left impoverished and basically left to die. And if they had better health care, these would be prevented? Well, yes, funny you should say that. Here in the United States, where the Waldorf Hotel currently stands, that used to be a fistula hospital. So before modern obstetric care, modern maternal health care, and also caesarean sections. So when a woman in this country goes into, if there's some difficulty in childbirth, there's automatically taken straight for the caesarean section. That's like no problem. If only they had that same service in these countries in Africa. There's no health care, there's no maternal health care. These women are just left to give birth on their own. Usually there's some girls as young as 13 years old because of the cultural experience of child brides. So their bodies just aren't ready to have these babies. Their pelvises are too small. So when they're trying to have these huge babies going through these small bodies, that's when the problems arise. And these women are just left to try and give birth for three or four days. Um, They're treated, if they can't actually give birth, they're treated, they're called witches because, you know, what could be more natural than having a child? So if you can't have a child, there must be something wrong with you. You're evil, you know, because you have to think culturally these countries are still, you know, third world countries. They still think like that. So if they had proper health care, a midwife there, then all of this problem with fistulas just wouldn't even occur. You know, it's 100% preventable with maternal health care. So if they go into labor and it becomes belabored and the baby's not coming down right away, that's when the community looks on them as witches because they're not naturally just given birth. Yeah. And, you know, these in these communities, you know, it's tribes, there's chiefs, you know, it's a very rural community, very unaid. There's no education, there's no health care, and there's no experts in the field. There's these, you know, local midwives, inverted commas, who, you know, really don't know what they're doing. They will just oversee what's happening, and then if there's a problem, they sort of, like, walk away. And, you know, sometimes these girls are just left to die. And actually, in one case, when I was over in Sierra Leone in November, there was a very sad case that we had. This young girl, she was only 21. She had been suffering from fistula for like six years already, and she was still very, very young. She went into labor five days later. Obviously, the baby had died inside her as well. Mm. And the tribe actually thought she was dead. They'd left her for dead. And so when somebody came to collect the body, the coroner or whatever the case may be there, they examined her and said, no, she's actually still alive. So at that point, they took her to the local medical service. Of course, there's no real doctors there. They removed the the dead child, sort of sutured her up quickly because um, it's not a medical expert. And she was just left in a bed 
to try and sort of like linger, get well. She eventually made it to like a wheelchair. Her whole family had disowned her, not only her, you know, her husband in the community, but her mother and her sisters had just turned their back on her. Too. Okay, and that was my next question. Here in the United States, when somebody's water breaks, everybody calls their mother. I'll meet you at the hospital. How could a mother turn away and a sister turn away from their own Purely lack of education and cultural norms. It's very difficult. When I was over there, Casey, it really shocked me. You know, you get you, you, you see the, the pictures of third world countries. So you kind of know there's going to be no roads, it's dark paths, there's lots of garbage everywhere, people are living in huts. You know, you kind of expect that. What hit me was that these women don't even know enough to know that they're being mistreated mm. by everyone. And that's what really shook me. They really accept the lot. And so these mothers don't even know that they should be looking out for their, their child. They think there's something wrong with their, their child, the, you know, the daughter that's trying to have this baby. They think there's something wrong. So they want nothing because they think it's contagious. They want to distance themselves. Otherwise, they'll be turned out of the community too. So there's no education, no health care. It's, it's a terror. And, you know, just the cultural norms, which being an outsider is hard to accept. And you can't go in there and just say, okay, well, you're you're, you're doing it wrong. This is what you have to do. That doesn't work either. You have to work with these people. You have to get permission. You know, even though we have the facilities in in the different countries, we still have to go to chiefs. We need their permission for this girl to come to us to be seen. Because sometimes we'll go around, we do outreaches, we send nurses, we have past patients go back out into their communities too, to spread the word, to say you can come, come to the Freedom from Fistula Foundation, we have facilities. Come whilst you're pregnant, because if you have actual maternal health care, you're going to avoid this situation in the first place because it's 100% preventable. So we, we really try and tease them, get permission from the chief, bring them into our facilities. Hopefully they'll have the, the natural childbirth with us. If there's a problem, we can give them the cesarean section. So we want to prevent it from happening in the first place. Even with some of the girls who are like lying, dying and have lost their child, even although they're dying, they still don't want to come because it's completely out of the norm for them. You know, it's going to be, you know, American doctors, white people are going to be treating them. So, you know, there's a lot of cultural norms to overcome. Sure. It's like, you know, the Martians came down from outer space and they're taking them away. Exactly. Yeah, I get that. I get that. So, Angela, Scotland? Uh, yes, I'm, actually, I'm from Scotland. Our organization originated in Scotland, the founder, Anne Glogue. She, back in the day, she actually was a midwife um, in Scotland. Her father was a bus driver. And when Margaret Thatcher deregulated all the states, they live in rural Scotland and they bought a local bus business and now they own Coach USA, Coach Canada. So she's very, she turned into a very wealthy businesswoman Mm. and it was in her travels to Africa. They were looking to expand the bus companies actually in Kenya and this is where she came across this problem. How long have you been around? 2008 um, in Scotland. That's where the offices were, you know, first opened. Here in the United States, we've only just been in this location for three years. Okay. And we're talking about two million women in sub-Saharan Africa 
Africa, Asia, the Arab region, and Latin America and the Caribbean estimated to be living with fistulas, 2 million of our sisters, and 50,000 to 100,000 new cases develop every year. Now, here we are in the United States of America, and our health care system is a mess. People are struggling to pay for their own health insurance. How do we convince them to make a donation to you? Because, Casey, these are the most impoverished, deprived women on this planet. They are vulnerable. They have no voice. No one cares about them. And we're here to tell people you need to help them. This is 100% preventable and also 100% treatable. This is completely unnecessary. Basic healthcare, midwifery, you know, midwife experts on the ground, it doesn't cost very much. For $150, a life-saving C-section can happen. For $1,000, we get these girls in with the fistula. They're usually malnourished. We can take them in, feed them up, get them healthy enough so that they can actually have the surgery, heal them, help them to learn to read, give them, you know, skills to cook, to clean, to sew, and return them to their communities as the most empowered person in, within that community. And when you do that, you change the whole community. You, you start to lift the other people within that community out of poverty. And if you, live, if you lift all of these communities out of poverty, it's actually beneficial for us as a country to deal with those situations because the, the country is going to be more stable, it will be politically more stable, and therefore in the long run it will actually benefit us as a country as a whole. All right. Are there any particular fundraisers or things we could do for you? Do you have any programs in place? Well, Casey, you know, we want to push the awareness because I think really this situation, when people hear about it, people are like horrified and very moved. You know, it's a very moving um, story. We have a video of Meryl Streep narrated this film. It's called Shout Gladdy Gladdy. Go onto our website, check it out. And it's only, you know, five, ten minutes long and it makes the people real a bit. You really want to help them. When you see these real people, they're not just numbers, they're people. And you can go onto our website, spread the word, go social media. Um, on May 23rd is International Date of End International End Fistula Day, May 23rd. Okay. And there's going to be a big push at the UN. There's going to be lots of things going on. If people want to do fundraisers around that, that would be fantastic. Check out our website, follow us on social media. And also, I will be running the New York City Marathon on November 5th. So there'll be other things going up there. Sponsor me, join the team, come along, etc. Even the smallest donation will make a huge impact. You know, 100% of all of our donations go directly to helping those women and girls in Africa. $150 can provide the C-section. Okay, I'm going to get you that, at least one of those for my women's group. I have a group on Facebook called A Circle of Women. If anyone listening wants to join that Facebook, if you are a woman, if you want to join our Circle of Women page. I don't know why I made it a circle of women. It should have been a circle of people, but maybe that's for another time. But if any women want to join the Circle of Women page, we're going to have a fundraiser. We're going to get let get you at least one C-section for sure before the end fistula day in May. And how can we follow you as you, Angela McCabe, uh, run the New York Marathon? 
Well, I will be on our website um, giving people updates on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So follow us, go onto our website, www.freedomfromfistula.org. All of the information will be up there. I'll be following, you know, I'll be starting my training June, July. So that will be the start of the build up. Uh, if you want to just come into New York City to watch, we will be having a scream team on First Avenue. So we'll give everybody the location. They just want to come along, put the T-shirt on and follow the group. Great. Um, that would be great too. So, you know, all of that information will be on our website. When you said scream team, it reminded me the uh, Meryl Streep narrated piece that's on your website called Shout Gladdy Gladdy. What does Gladdy Gladdy mean? Gladdy Gladdy is the final ceremony when a woman is fully healed and ready to go back to her community. It is the celebration. She is leaving her old self behind. She is a new person moving forward uh, back into her community. And oh, that's the big celebration. That makes that me cry. But what, do they accept her back? They do, because usually she comes back. We provide them with all these different skills. She, I mean, some of the success stories that we have, some women go back and they become like business entrepreneurs, you know, in a very small way, but it's it's a huge impact in that community. We have these um, solar charger boxes in Malawi when the women go back into their community. Um, they, they set up businesses to... Um, where people can charge their cell phones. They charge for kids to come into there to do their homework. So, you know, there's there's all of these things. So from being the person who was outcast, they then return as somebody who's central to that whole community. Yeah, but I would be so ticked. (laughs) (laughs) I would be so ticked. Like, you kick me out, you left me to die. Now I come back and I bring you all my education. You but idiots. you're an American, you know. I know, this, I know, this I know. Is, they're so. It's really that was the hardest part for me trying to get inside their heads. Yeah, I it's get very, it. It's very. It's 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 difficult, and it's you know it's disgusting. It's a shame. You know, it's, your heart goes out to them. But I'm glad yeah. they accept these women back, and these women are now you know superheroes. All right, yeah. Angela McCabe, I am your biggest fan, and oh, thank you so much. I will uh, follow up with you and the website one more time. That's Angela McCabe. May 21st is End Fistula Day. You can join a circle of women on Facebook, and we'll have a fundraiser there starting Monday. We'll be back with our thought for the day after this. Do you want to know what you can do right now to improve your life? First, start thinking about what's right, not what's wrong. Whatever you focus on expands, so focus on the good stuff. Second, before bed, think of five successful things you've done that day, no matter how minor they might seem. Third, Forgive yourself. We all make mistakes. Acknowledge any errors and move on. Four, make at least one decision based on how it makes you feel. Most of us have learned to tune out our intuition and focus only on the rational mind. Your feelings often lead you in the best direction. Fifth, act as if you're living the life you want with conviction and certainty. Live as if everything is all right. You'll be amazed at how life shifts to accommodate this new view. Six, Speak well of other people, especially the prosperous, healthy, and beautiful. Don't gossip or complain. Your words have more power than you know, so be kind. You'll see the benefits almost immediately. And finally, let someone do something for you. You know how good it feels to be thanked for something you've done. Give someone else the chance. Just say thank you and mean it. Follow these simple guidelines and I promise your life will begin to improve right now. You can find out more about improving your life or developing certain skills by visiting www.liveandlearnguides.com. Thank you, Priscilla. 
Today's thought is from Eleanor Roosevelt, who said, A woman is a lot like a teabag. You never know how strong she is until she gets in hot water. See you next week. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey, an Ella's Leash production. The content of Shine On, the health and happiness show is intended for general information purposes only. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at caseyradio.com. Join Casey for another edition of Shine On, the health and happiness show next Sunday morning from 100.7 WHUD.